1: Let's get the latest now on what is happening in the search for the submersible deep in the Atlantic Ocean, there near the Titanic wreck. A rescue operation is underway. Uh, Latest update this morning says that France is also now sending a research vessel. They've got a robot apparently uh, that is capable of diving to more than 13,000 feet. And so that's obviously needed in this case. So they are sending this. But uh, might not get there in time. They said it could take up to 48 hours uh, to get it to the Titanic site. What we know right now is that this submersible was reported overdue on Sunday afternoon. They're about 700 kilometers south of St. John's, Newfoundland right now. So they've got the U.S. Coast Guard, the Canadian Coast Guard, all on site there, along with the company that was doing this dive. It's called Ocean Gate Expeditions. It is the company that created this submersible, and they've confirmed that you know the search, yes, is on. They're worried about their crew members' safety and their families. But what is going on with the actual submersible itself? Like, what do we know about this particular vehicle? Well, interestingly enough, when this company first launched, CBS News had a bit of a, a sub tour of it, so to speak. And have a listen, so this is a couple of years ago when they first launched the submersible. An experimental submersible vessel that has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body and
0: could result in physical injury, disability, emotional trauma, or death. Where do I sign? Oh! Take your shoes off, that's customary. Okay. okay? Wow. Inside, the sub has about as much room as a minivan. So this is not your grandfather's submersible. <laughs> we only have one button, that's it. It should be like an elevator. You know, it shouldn't take a lot of skill. The Titan is the only five-person sub in the world that can reach Titanic depths. miles below the sea. It's also the only one with a toilet, sort of. And yet, I couldn't help noticing how many pieces of this sub seemed
1: improvised. We can use these off-the-shelf components.
0: I got these from uh, Camper World. We run the whole thing with this game controller.
1: (laughs) Come on! That is a video from CBS News about three or four years ago when they first launched the submersible. And yes, it's true. They seem quite proud of the fact that they had made this submersible to go down to these depths. And yes, they were taking paying customers $250,000 each to go down there and see the wreck of the Titanic in person. And now we know that's the same, you know, submersible that is missing. And there are a lot of concerns about the search here, about whether they'll be able to find people in time. So we want to talk about that. What is the likelihood of a successful search? What is the technology behind that? We had a chance to catch up with David Hambling, who's a freelance science and technology journalist. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us this morning to talk about this story. I feel like this is one of those situations, David, where the whole world is watching. Do you get that sense?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I think we we do see this every time a submarine is lost because uh, we know exactly what could happen and we know there is a chance of rescuing people. But unfortunately, it's usually a very slim chance.
1: Can you tell us what you know about this particular vehicle that they are in and, and what are the chances right now?
0: The big problem here is that it's at such an extreme depth. Uh, There have been submarine rescues before. There have been people who've actually escaped on their own from stricken submarines before, but only at basically relatively shallow depths. Uh, I mean, the Guinness World of Records record for a submarine escape was a chap called Bill Morrison, uh, who was a British sailor who was testing uh, an experimental midget submarine in Loch Striven in Scotland in 1945. Um, they had a collision, the submarine went down, uh, it landed on the lock bed, which was 200 feet. And somehow he managed to force the hatch open and came up with the bubble of air. Uh, he was unconscious immediately and he uh, suffered a few problems afterwards. Um, but basically he was um, perfectly okay. That was from a depth of 200 feet, 60 meters. That's getting close to the limits of what people can uh, survive naturally. When you get beyond that, you start needing special equipment and and it gets very difficult. Scuba divers don't go below 130 feet without special equipment.
1: Okay. And so how did this vehicle, this submersible, uh, you know, it was created, I've been watching some videos on how it was created and it doesn't sound like it was high tech by any stretch of the imagination. How was it approved for, for use in a situation like this?
0: Well, it's not a matter of advanced technology. All you really need is a steel eggshell. It just has to be thick enough to withstand the phenomenal pressures. Um, Because with Morrison, that was um, 200 feet, 60 meters. With this one, we're talking about 4,000 meters, 12,000 feet down. That's vastly beyond the crush depth of uh, any military submarine out there. You require a very specialized research vessel to do this. Now, as I say, it doesn't have to be high tech. You just need a a strong enough shell to do that. The problem is, if anything goes wrong while you're down there, you are in big, big trouble.
1: So what do we know about what has happened in this case? What have you heard?
0: Uh, All we know is that the um, submersible lost contact with its mothership. Um, So we assume there was some kind of accident uh, and there is no sign of it now. Uh, Now, the military and other rescuers have been using sonar, and what they're doing at the moment, uh, as I understand it, is listening for sound. So if the submersible is making any noise, if there are any uh, air pumps or engines or anything on board that are making noise, they should be able to locate it from that. Or if the people on board are deliberately making noise to alert the rescuers, they should be able to find it from that. Finding something on the seabed at that incredible depth, when, as we know, there's a lot of debris down there, the Titanic already is going to be very challenging and doing that in the time available is going to be extremely difficult
1: and you say extremely challenging is it even possible if that if that submersible is on the seabed you know near the Titanic wreck how after everything you've just described how can it possibly be brought up
0: uh I would say it's certainly theoretically possible uh and I believe the people who run these tours have looked at this kind of situation and I'm sure they will have contingency plans in place. um, Just how good they will be, um, it remains to be seen. The problem is, unlike um, with other submarines, if it's uh, just at a few hundred feet, then it is possible to open a hatch and get the crew out. Uh, If it's at thousands of feet like this, um, there's absolutely no one could survive outside of the submarine. The only way, as I understand it, uh, of getting them out will be to hoist the entire craft up. Um, which is certainly possible. It will require specialist equipment. It depends on exactly what situation it's on and if it's trapped in wreckage or whatever. So likely to be extremely challenging at the very most optimistic scenario.
1: Right. As you point out, though, is there any um, technology, whether it's the US Coast Guard or whether it's a government or whether it's a private industry that would have the ability to reach it on the seabed?
0: People certainly have recovered objects from this uh, kind of depth, in fact, uh, obviously because there are many artefacts that have been retrieved from the Titanic wreck. Uh, We know that it's possible to do it at at exactly this site. Whether they can get enough equipment uh, fast enough, whether they can do the job in the weather conditions, um, and that is assuming they can actually find the submersible, those are all unknown at this stage.
1: What is the fascination, David, that you think people have with this, right? Like the idea that people would pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go down there. Is it because it is still so unknown down there?
0: It is completely unknown. Uh, And as is often said, we know more about the surface of the moon than we do about what's on the seabed. Uh, It is a dark and mysterious world where literally nobody has gone. Uh, And in the case of shipwrecks, there are some fascinating things to see down there. Uh, There's also whole different ecosystems and whole different geological systems uh, like around volcanic smokers that are literally strange new worlds. So it's quite understandable why people are so curious, but it is absolutely no place for human beings. Uh, You need very good protection to survive down there.
1: Well, David, thanks for talking to us about it this morning. Thank you. David Hambling, freelance science and technology journalist, talking about the rescue operation uh, that is ongoing right now to find that submersible. And the U.S. Navy is there, Coast Guard, Canadian Coast Guard. I mean, you name it, lots of people on site to try to find it. But as you heard David describe, that is an increasingly challenging situation. And I know everyone is paying attention to that story right now. So we'll keep you posted on it.